Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. To be perfectly honest with you, I had an entirely different sermon prepared a week ago than the one I'm going to deliver this morning. The sermon I had was fine, but as the week developed, it began to feel a little off. It's not that there was anything wrong with what I was going to say, but as I thought about it and started to look around me, I I was realizing that it was, for lack of a better word, a bit disconnected. We stand here on Trinity Sunday worshiping our God, and the world around us is an extremely volatile place right now. We've been confined to our homes to one extent for another for months now, cautious and worried about an invisible foe that could come to end our lives. The governor is now lifting her stay-at-home order, and we're starting to poke our heads out the door. But something still feels off for some of us. In some cases, it has made us afraid of each other. In the quest to be social distancing in order to protect ourselves, we have now become afraid of contact with others. To risk contact with another human being is to risk death itself. One of the consequences of this is a lack of Uh, One of the consequences of this lack of human contact is that we are becoming angry and that in some cases we're losing empathy. Either we're angry that people seem to be so eager to trade in their God-given right to liberty for what they perceive as security, or we're angry that people can be so dense and obtuse as to ignore basic hygiene requests such as masks for the good of those around them. No matter what your thoughts are about the matter, somewhere anger continues to simmer. We're listening to each other less and less. A few weeks ago, we witnessed through video the tragic murder of a man being restrained by police officers. George Floyd, by all accounts, was a baptized brother in Christ. He came from Houston to Minnesota for a new Opportunity, and he was known as a peacemaker in his community. The incident for which the officers were called was, was nonviolent, a counter 20, counterfeit $20 bill used during a transaction. We've stared in disbelief at the video. The use of force in this case has been impossible to justify even for those who recognize the difficult encounters that face our law enforcement officers every day. This incident has in turn led to an uprising across our nation, which has turned at times very quickly from voices and expressions of protest and change to actions of violence against the communities around them. On one side, you have people who have been through generations of neglect, and abuse and are rising up in frustration against the world that they see around them. On the other side, you have a society that seems to have turned a blind eye to racial issues, people that have times taken advantage of discrimination that has existed over generations, or have enjoyed unfair advantages without understanding the enormous obstacles that we've placed in front of others. So where are we? What about us here? Let's be frank. The Lansing area is not immune to the racial issues we are seeing throughout the rest of the country. Protesters have marched at the Capitol 
and in East Lansing with many of the same stories of abuse and neglect. Just as in other cities, there has been fear and anger, and in some cases, actions of aggression born out of those expressions. As all of this is going on, we're engaged with the issue in other spheres of our lives. Because of Twitter, Facebook, and the 24-hour news cycle, we come face-to-face with this issue and the myriad of opinions that are swirling around us. We hear a cacophony of voices, and more often than not, we react to them. We react to the anger and to the fear rather than listening, empathizing, and when possible, attempting to help our neighbor. Let's take a moment to look at the gospel reading for today. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus, before ascending to the right hand of the Father, instructed his church with one last directive, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that he had commanded. And he had promised them that he would be with them always to the end of the age. Ladies and gentlemen, if this simple directive is the guiding motivation for our lives, for our purpose as a church, if we have focused on nothing else than this message, then let me tell you, we are failing. The world has not seen this change, has not seen this message. The world around us is becoming angrier and more fearful. Hurt rather than hope has taken root in the hearts of many. This is a world that doesn't hope in the love of God, but trusts in the power of vengeance, an eye for an eye, or even worse. So what hope is there? As the baptized, we know where hope is found. It is found in the same one who spoke the world into existence. It is found in the one into whose death we have been baptized. We know where that hope is. I just think that at some point we forgot to bring it out to them. We've heard the anger, the fear, and the sadness, and not wishing to be argumentative or controversial, or in some cases, perhaps even being afraid ourselves. We've backed off in the hope that God would act without us. Let us remind ourselves once again on this Trinity Sunday of the one that can set all things right. I'm not bringing a self-help plan here. I can't tell you that your life becomes significantly easier when you are a child of God. But to know God is to know peace. To know God is to work toward reconciliation and justice. In fact, to know God means you may have to work harder than you have ever worked before. But Jesus did promise that his work would be less wearying than the work of the world. His yoke is easy and the burden is light. The one who loves your soul is the only one who can make things better for everyone. So who is this God that I'm speaking about? We talked about him in the creeds. We start with God the Father. He has loved you since before the creation of the world. The perfect love that God knows within the Trinity is something that he wanted to share with us. 
And this love is not like human love. It's not dependent on feelings, ebbing and flowing, rising, falling. The love of God is steadfast. It is all-encompassing and all-consuming. His love for you never ends, even when you sin. You were made in his image. God loved you so much that he wanted you to carry the best reflections of him as parts of you. You carry his imprint on you. You can be caring. You can be compassionate and creative. When corrupted by sin, however, this image becomes twisted and we become angry, greedy, selfish, and prideful. But with the power of the Spirit, through your baptism, we can carry so much more out into the world. We can carry love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All the things that the world needs right now. From the beginning of time, he has stood as a patient and loving father. He has been long-suffering, allowing us to continue on despite our sins in the hope that we will return to him and gain eternal life. What of God the Son? Jesus has been described as the human face of God. Jesus had said of himself, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So what did he show us? In his love for humanity, Jesus went out to all those around him bringing the love of God. He ate with sinners, walked with the forgotten and the downtrodden. He mourned with those who were weeping and celebrated with those who were joyous. Our God who spoke the world into existence humiliated himself by taking on human flesh and walking among us. He was a baby in a manger, an immigrant and refugee to a foreign land, a small boy who learned at his father's feet. He brought love and compassion to a world in desperate need. He was a man who was baptized in obedience. He was tempted and tried in every way, yet he did not sin. He is the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world. He went to the cross in our place. Our sins against God deserve nothing but death. His sacrifice paid the ultimate price for our sins. God the Father was pleased with him. His sacrifice was accepted, and he resurrected him. The first of all those who one day will be raised again and will see eternal life. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, awaiting the final judgment when he will return and set all things right. And of God the Holy Spirit, Jesus did not leave us alone. Proceeding from the Father and the Son came the Holy Spirit. He came to comfort and to enlighten. He is given to us in our baptism. He prays for us when we cannot pray for ourselves. He witnesses to Scripture and to who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is that binding, that seal between us and the Trinity. 
So here we stand. I'd like to tell you, I would love to tell you that knowing all of what I have just told you will make everything immediately better. That people will stop sinning, that the world will stop hating, that the world will start being empathetic and helpful. Unfortunately, I know that is not true. We still sin. We will still attempt to isolate ourselves from others in a vain attempt to protect and justify ourselves. We will turn our heads in attempt to remain blind to the injustice and the hurting that exists around us. There is still a long way for all of us to go. But God will forgive. God will forgive and provide a way forward for us to work together for good. So as you're listening now, if you've heard this sermon and are not yet a Christian, let me encourage you. Jesus loves you, and he died for you. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Come into the body of Christ and come to know the salvation of your soul. Your hurts can be healed. The one who loves your soul does long for you. For my brothers and sisters in Christ, I remind you to put your trust in God. Listen to him. Do what he says. Carry your love out to others. The only hope for this world is our God. Love your neighbor, and in loving them, look for ways to help them. Pray for all those affected right now. Pray for healing, for justice for hope, and most of all, pray for peace. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.